0: This special episode of Cultivated is brought to you by CT Creative Studio in partnership with American Awakening, an ambitious multi-platform effort that embodies a campaign for the soul of America in an effort to slay the giants of death and despair in this American moment. Go to AmericanAwakening.us to learn more. John Kingston is a social entrepreneur and the founder of American Awakening. He spent many years as a corporate lawyer, but he's also had an interest in arts, culture, and political movements along the way, he grew up in rural Connecticut, part of a family with deep ties to a fundamentalist Christian church. But it was an experience with deep contradictions.
1: Faith played a, a very, very influential role as part of that uh, fundamentalist tradition we were part of. It was you know, a tradition in which you you um, went to church, you know, four times a week. You know, you didn't you didn't um, Dance, and you didn't just listen to music, and you know one of the major things. And again, I this a bit in my book, just as in terms of like unpacking uh, worldview, and you know, getting a sense of who you are and how you think about things. And the one of the most um, uh, complicated dimensions of this was that, of course, in the Fundamentalist Church, you don't you don't drink uh, alcohol. But my dad was an alcoholic, and he was drinking every day of my my upbringing. Uh, and so um, so it really gave rise to um, real reckoning for me at age 17 when I kind of put all the pieces together and figured it out. And I said, I'm not going not gonna to carry on uh, directly out of high school and onto college. I'd gotten into a, an Ivy League school, but I was just like, okay, um, I, can't, I don't have this figured out right now. So I, I, long before their gap years, this was the early 80s, um, anybody had this concept of gap year, I, I took a year. Uh, and travel across country by myself um, and um, you know tell tell more stories about that but but the the point of it was like okay, wait a second i i 've got to r- sort of re reconcile how I see myself in the world because you know when I went to this um, addiction rehab facility with my family at the end of my high school year, you know they kind of said well you're the narrative you have about who you are in the world is is different than the true narrative of you know the this family of dysfunction in which case you know you as the oldest are the super achieving soul and therefore anything that comes anything that's about you that you think is you is actually just a a role you play in the game and and so so it, you know it took a, it took a while to figure that out and uh took a lot longer and still figuring out, you know, sort of that, that led to a uh, you know, degree of agnosticism um, about everything, not, not the agnosticism, like, you know, God, do, do I, do I, I never had a question about the the ultimate story, although I do struggle with the God loving, loving me part, that that's part of a, a lifelong challenge. You know, the agnosticism about kind of like, well, how do you trust your, your, your knowledge of anything? So it's, it's led to a certain disposition of mine along the years. So, so yeah, so the, 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 faith bit never got lost, but, but it had to be re-reconciled and pushed through a lot of new grids and, and figured out, which, which four decades later, I'm still figuring it out. There's a pine sitting on a hollow limb. He seems to have the whole morning out right in front of him and everything he sees. From the branch that he's sitting on It seems to hustle leaves And the colors all around Now first he sings And then he goes And what it means It's hard to know
0: From Christianity Today, you're listening to Cultivated Conversations about faith and work I'm Mike Cosper, and my guest today is John Kingston. We talk about his origin story, the way his faith has shaped his desire to build and renew culture, his efforts with American Awakening, and another recent venture called Christians Against Trumpism. So stay with us. After that year of traveling the country, John went on to Pennsylvania University.
1: I ended up graduating magna cum laude from the Wharton School of Business and, and the, the College of Arts and Sciences. And, and most people with that profile, they go to Wall Street or whatever. It, it, they did at that, that period of time in the 80s. Uh, but for me, I ended up uh, being a bike courier in Philadelphia and waiting on tables. And then, um, you know, a couple of years on, a series of, of uh, different projects, odd jobs and the like, um, you know, I took i taken over time, both the graduate business school exam so so i wasn't wasn't like slam dunk. I want to be a lawyer, and until the very the very final stages, it was a close call because I'm I'm either a super duper business oriented lawyer or a very uh, you know analytic uh, analytically oriented business person. It, 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 that's kind of been the, the hallmark of you know my last uh, you know three decades of my life. So so it was it was a close call, and so I ended up I ended up in law school, but it wasn't like a, you know deep passion, deep conviction. Once I got there, I knew that you know i i kind of liked the the study but not really um only a little bit and so so the things i did there you know when i was at harvard law school were more like I, w- I took Harvard Business School classes. I I taught undergrads um, in the literature of social reflection. I helped found the Veritas Forum at Harvard in the early '90s. I I started mm-hmm. with David French, who who uh, no doubt a number of your, number of your listeners know, um, and a dear friend of mine. Three decades on, we started for something called the Society for Law, Life, and Religion, a, a pro pro life religious liberties organization. My point being that I basically did I did basically everything except be a, be a good law student. I, mean, I was I was a perfectly adequate law student. You know I graduated with honors and you know I well, was not a bad law student but but it was not my thing my thing was Um, doing these other things, you know, sort of social entrepreneurship on campus, you know, teaching undergrads and did the place I taught that was in literature and literature, social reflection was the name of the class. So, you know, so, so I did everything but like be a serious law student. um, And, uh, you know, again, so, so so the pathway continues about what kind of, what kind of uh,
0: how I backed into different places. How do you, how do you reconcile that? Like somebody who's, who's got a high achieving, clearly a high achieving personality, but you find yourself you know, at the same time, you see yourself backing into things rather than, you know, is it that once you commit to something, you devour it, or how how would you frame some of that?
1: Yeah, that's a great that's a great question, and um, it, you know, actually, nobody's framed the question to me ever quite that way. Very, well, well, well done, well played, um, <laughs> very interesting. Yeah, I I think I think the way I'd I'd reconcile this is as 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 follows. Uh, it's it, my, my orientation to the. <clears throat> to spiritual life and the journey that God's put us all on is one where uh, we're called to do certain things and that wherever you are you're supposed to be committing all of you of, of who you are to the thing you're doing and so what that means is when I'm in the moment that I'm in I have conviction about what I'm doing um if that makes sense so i i you know oh, god put me in a spot I'm, i'll give you an example right so i um you know was was uh was uh when i was I was a senior executive at a fortune 500 company um you know for for uh, coming up on a couple of decades or round to a couple of decades the last last um you know 10 years i was in the most senior management and along the way, uh, you know, I, I didn't know that this was the end, you know, the ultimate storyline of my life. You know, am I supposed to be a, fin- a senior executive in a global finance company? You know, not sure. Right. It was, was, was not, a, I was not confident that that was the right answer. Uh, but I, what I was confident of was the fact that um, God had put me in the lives of these people, uh, my, my teammates, um, you know, that I had deep commitments to and convictions about. I try to, you know, pour myself into their lives, be loyal to them, be faithful to them. Work as hard as I could to do the the right right thing, vis-a-vis my teammates, the shareholders, um, the board of directors, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, so at that time, you know, I, I'd work tirelessly. You know, I'd work till midnight every night, and and uh, you know, on on weekends, and that's just what I did. You know. Happily, at some point, I was able to get enough of a team that I kind of was able to back away from that just a little bit. When as my family grew up, but but the point the point is like that I I knew that was that was wh- whether or not I was ultimately at the end of all things supposed to be a uh, a global f- a global uh, finance company senior executive. What I knew was that that was my calling at that time. So in the background, the background the whole time I've got questions the whole time. But, well, you know, on my is this ultimately what I'm going to do? You know, should I should I commit myself even more over time to trying to be you know CEO someplace, et cetera. And I figured that that would work its way out and do course. But but meanwhile, I, I pour myself passionately into the thing that's in front of me.
0: If you look at where your life takes you post law school into corporate law, all of that. And then you fast forward to some of the projects you've been doing in the last few years that have a strong arts and culture emphasis and some of the things you're doing with American Awakenings. It's funny in particular to me to hear you talking about teaching this literature and social reflection class back in the nineties, because obviously a, a concern for beauty, creativity, you know, the arts or whatever, that's obviously been always with you in the midst of this.
1: Yeah. And, and, and it's, um, you know, it's so, so, um, when I was an undergrad at Penn, I started something called, uh, uh, uh what, 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 was, Sword and Spoon Group, um, and which is now the name of our umbrella holding company for things, which was basically gathering um, people to wrestle with the greatest stories of all time, Christians. So it was basically I, was, I I kind of found myself in the in the mid '80s, coming from my fundamentalist upbringing, knowing that um, that the fundamentalist and evangelical church had 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 kind of pushed its own way into an into an uh, intellectual ghetto. Um and, and I mean just of our own choosing, right? It was it was so so nobody had ever told me about Dante and Augustine and Aquinas and and uh, you know, on and on and on. And so mm-hmm. so I I realized, wait a second, you know, so so, so there's this, this um you know, this intellectual curiosity, this passion for what is right and true and eternal and all that. Um, You know, with side by side, you know, just like, okay, well, yeah, but I, I, you know, you got to do a job and you got to make money and you got to prepare, you know, take care of your your family and all that. So, so the the two, the two were always in, in uh, working um, uh, in, in some degree in lockstep, although very different paths. So
0: after law school, John chose to go into the corporate world rather than going to work for a law firm. He first worked for a biotech startup, but ended up shortly after that leaving and landing at a Boston law firm for the next four years. His third child was on the way, and he knew he wanted to find something different. He was working round the clock, but he wasn't sure what came next. His wife, Jean, wanted him to take a job with a company called Affiliated Managers Group, or AMG, but John wasn't certain.
1: I actually thought I thought I heard you know I thought I had a sort of a, an Augustine moment um, where, where where the uh, he hears take take up and read and 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 um, you know birds tell him take up and read and he decides in a different path and I'm like okay I actually think I, I hear that in, in some sort of Early morning bird time. Um, Not, not that I actually heard those exact words, but (laughs) last year readers think I'm, I'm totally. uh, Listeners think I'm totally crazy, Um, and it's basically this idea: like I'm supposed to be more present to my family. Supposed to be more present to my family, and if I take this job with AMG, which is right there in Boston, it's in one, one big tower, which is opposite the tower I'm already in. We'll live in the same spot. I know those guys are are working. You know. tirelessly around the clock. So I'll basically trade one round the clock job for another round the clock job, I think. So, so instead of, instead of taking that path, I, I decided to take a slower route and, but then move my family to, to, um, to Philadelphia or work with a wall street firm, which is, which takes me from New York to, to Philadelphia. And it's, it's, it's a slower life, but, but it's not quite the right thing. And, um, and it's painful and it's hard and and the move is terrible um, for gene uh, my wife and and you know it all happens when the third child's coming and I and just I'm going to tell you everybody out there uh, if you're if you're at this stage of life um, don't do what I did. I uh, just don't do it. I just don't, don't go that path. I'm just, that's what I'm going to tell you. Uh, and, and so the other way to, uh,
0: the other way to frame that is listen to your wife.
1: Yeah. Oh, believe, <laughs> believe me, believe me, believe me. She was so sure. Um, but anyway, we go, to, we go to, we go to Philadelphia and then, and then, and then, um, I, I know I've, I know I've made the wrong choice, but there's no way I can actually, you know, go, go back on my word. Um, uh, you know, it turns out that, that a, Um, A very close friend of mine was interviewing for the job, the same job, um, many months later, it had not been filled, and the same job that had been offered to me and I had refused. And uh, this friend, I'm, I'm, it's one of those things where that, that sort of certain, certain stage of life where, where somebody's you know, playing for a job and like, you know the inside deal of a place. So day over day, we're, day, over day I'm speaking with him and counseling with him. Okay, so, so you're going meet with this person, it's gonna be like that, and here's what I suggest, and you know, so I'm, help, I'm trying to help him get through the process. And he gets through the process and they offer him the job, not, not a surprise to me, but he's, 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 um, for, for, he's the, the classic, um, and there's, there's a type like this, he's the classic big firm lawyer, guy and then you know there's it's a wonderful type but it is a type which is very conservative not dispositionally oriented to risk taking uh and and so when he gets the job offer and then he takes it i my mind is blown and my and my my, i'm actually i'm I'm completely shattered because the job that i really wanted has now been taken by my friend and (laughs) yes this is a terrible story of envy and all that i I understand (laughs) i understand there's two so um so i'm devastated um F- floored and then the next morning after he's told us his, fir- his firm the most conservative guy ever tells his firm that he's leaving to take this job the next day he wakes up and he decides i've i've just i can't do this and he, and he completely retrades retrades his position um decides to stay with his firm um i suggest i get reintroduced to my old friends through this process as a kind of a uh a, a, you know, a, a, Figley, I'm sorry, uh, uh, olive branch peace offering and I end up um, um, you know within a week I'm back in Boston talking to him and within w- another week I'm, I'm in Boston uh, working with him uh, again and um, it ends up being an amazing um, you know next uh, couple of decades
0: John began working at AMG in 1999 serving as their general counsel senior vice president executive vice president and vice chairman before retiring from the company in 2015 Along the way, though, his involvement in culture-shaping work continued. I wonder, you know, speaking to those who may be still sort of emergent into their careers or, or perspectives, you know, how would you counsel somebody who's kind of looking to, to make a mark, to, to make a way forward, to do excellent work, like, and, and to be, you know, a person of faith in the midst of, um, you know, in, in, in the midst of the culture that we're living in right now?
1: Yeah, you know, so so I I think I'd step back and say um you know, if you if you've if you've listened at all to this um podcast up to this point, you'll you'll hear that um you know, no bit of my my own personal life story has had any dimension of straight line to it. Um, and and it's because um, I mean maybe it's just because I'm un, I'm unfocused and 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 that's one plausible uh, assessment <laughs> you know well, well the guy's obviously unfocused and he's got a problem uh, but an, but an, another plausible hypothesis is that it, it was it, you know I really believe that. Um, you know there are seasons for everything you got to work out the stuff you got to work out whatever that is either within yourself or with it with the, the people that are right around you be they family members you know maybe you have a hard time with a family well you're you're not supposed to you know launch forward in the world you know it's not supposed to be the mo- most often you know if you're if you're really wrestling with a meaningful psychological or spiritual challenge that's probably not the time where you're supposed to like say I'm gonna make a gargantuan leap in my in my professional life but then again there would be times in your professional Professional life where you really shouldn't do anything else um, you know I, I, I don't mean literally nothing else I mean you observe the Sabbath and you keep you know community with people that matter of course you always should do that but but you know I, I had four children and, and between four children and you know working you know uh, I, I call it round the clock but specifically I would you know I'd stay in the office I'd come home for dinner and they'd go back to the office and be there till midnight and then I'd work on weekends well between that and having four kids. know you're you're, for a while anyway um that was the place i was supposed to be right um Mm -hmm. so there's there are seasons for everything is is the the first observation uh don't get hung up about where you are um and, and how that connects to where you're going um uh you know it's it's easy to it's very easy to but the third thing i'd say is um you know double down on where you are in the minute that you're in. Um, and that goes to the point that you're, you know, connected in the attitude to Hunter's faithful presence point. I mean, look, um, uh, if, if you're a person of faith and you're listening to this podcast, our God um, and our faith tradition is one of imminence, right? It the, It's incarnational. Um, you know, we we have the only faith of all the faiths that are it's not about it's not about um, uh, premises and propositions Jesus said love God love your neighbor as yourself that's the whole law and the entire commandments and our whole faith caught up in that that thing right so if you're not actually you know doing that deal where you are right this minute you're not actually practicing our faith. Um, so the, the 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 point the point is that and, that and that can be the workplace, it can be in school, it can be with family members who need you. Um, and this should be convicting of all of us because we're all we all fall short on this on this on this idea. But we all fall short no matter what. But 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 if we if we keep it as our north star. If you keep in mind that what God's asked you to do is to love the people around you, the, those are the senior executives of the Fortune 500 company that I was at, right, with me. I mean, so mm-hmm. those were my neighbors at that time. What was I supposed to do? I was supposed to be faithful to them, faithful to their needs, faithful to the company's needs, because I couldn't be faithful to their needs if I wasn't faithful to the company's needs if I didn't do the best job that was possible, if I didn't comport myself with excellence in all in all circumstances. So, back to the point, you know, for 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 your audience or for your for your listeners is is you got to do that, right? I mean, and, and, and it, it's going to look different no matter where you are. So, so I'm not trying to create um, ironclad rules about how, for, for my set of colleagues at that moment, it looked a certain way about how I'd have to be in order to be faithful to them as, as um, you know, and uh, fulfilling Christ's commandment to us. But, but, but the Christ's commandment is this incarnational principle that it's only us loving in an embodied way with human beings. Well, that you can't get around that, right? And, and so just, just accept that. Take peace in that, um, and 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 then you'll then you know a year from now you'll find that next place where you're supposed to be.
0: The way John described it to me, for a long time he was content to work a bit in the background, supporting others who were more upfront in their leadership in culture, politics, and religion. But in 2016, he saw a gap in leadership and felt a calling to step forward. That meant, in 2016, launching an initiative called Better for America, an effort to find an alternative candidate between the two that were running in the presidential election of that year. In 2017 and 2018, it meant running for Senate against Elizabeth Warren in Massachusetts, an effort that ultimately wasn't successful, but exposed John to some undercurrents in the culture around him.
1: And what I found out out there, you know, as I, I I mean, I I I did literally, you know, thousands of meetings over over the three-year period is I just just started discovering the degree of of spiritual lostness, um, the the sense that people didn't know who they were anymore. And I'm not not talking about people, just people outside of our faith. I'm talking about people inside our faith as well. You know, Mm -hmm. um, depression, anxiety, skyrocketing. Um, you know, deaths of despair um, blowing through through the the, the, the ceiling. The numbers, hundred fifty thousand in the last few years, and I just saw a trend line here. Um, you, de- you know, the de- de- our um, our uh, uh, you know uh, life expectancy was declining in the United States with the greatest greatest um, medical technology and, and um, you know, the greatest prosperity the world's ever seen because we're killing ourselves due to, death to, to despair. I just, so there's a spiritual malaise and, and I don't see the public square activities um, fixing that. So, so 2019 and 2020, anticipating that 2020 is going to be an awful year. I just said, look, 2020 is going to be awful because of the, 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 our political leaders are going to take us down paths that are not going to like, solve the, the heart problems of our, of our country and not recall us to who we actually are you <sighs> And I just said, let's we, we got to start talking about spiritual awakening. That's what we need. And so there, that gave rise to American awakening. Now I'm not Nostradamus. I did not actually uh, see it being as bad as it actually was. It has been the coronavirus and and racial reckoning and and all of that. I you know so I didn't know the specifics, but I I, I knew directionally it was going to be really bad. And and um, un- unfortunately, um, it's uh, it's trend line even worse than than. Expected and and, and unfortunately no, no end in sight right now. I mean, you know you can't predict the future. No nobody can. Um, so who knows? And and maybe at some point in the future this turns on a dime. But but I think it's going to take a very long time to for people of faith to recall our, ourselves to who we actually are in our faith tradition, and, and to be able to share light and life and and transformative. Uh, you know Power to other s- fellow citizens in the republic and th- and so it, you know if it doesn 't start with us, then who's to start with and, and um, right now we don 't seem to be on track, and we seem to have lost our way, so it 's going to take a while for 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 this American ship to turn around
0: yeah, I, I think about this a lot because you know, we 've witnessed a lot of division in our church over this sort of generationally. It strikes me that I think evangelicalism, I fear, I should say, I think evangelicalism is going is to pay kind of a generational price for millennials who kind of grew up in the church, hearing a certain kind of message about morality and character and, and leadership, who saw... A, if not enough, uh, backsliding on that from the kind of generations that went before them, who were who are willing to lay aside the things that they'd preached in the in the the 1990s and early 2000s in order to gain political power or to hold on to political power. And I think with that, and this would be an interesting thing. I'd love to hear you speak to. Like, I think with that comes, you know, the reality. And I think historically, this has been a significant issue for the church. Are we willing to lose certain battles um, in order to to hold on to our identity and our our unique identity as salt and light in the world?
1: Yeah, well, I well, I agree with uh, absolutely every word you just said, and um, yeah, you know, I, I will speak even more strongly on the first words you you uh, for your first observations. Uh, we, we are currently, and we will suffer an enormous um, generational slide, a mudslide to ir- irrelevance as a consequence of the positions we've taken um, in this last uh, you know, few years. Uh, now, it's just accelerating a trend that is already happening. Um, so it's not, it's, not, it's not as if like it just started, um, uh, but the bottom line is um, it's going the wrong way and it's gonna go the wrong way for a while. Now, that's bad news. The good news is um, that when, you know, our God God is is a God of disruptive innovation, um, you know, to use the uh, Clayton Christensen phrase from the innovators dilemma, you know, the great business management thinker, uh, you know, God will, will change things in a heartbeat. Um, and it'll be when things seem really dark and really bleak. Um, but when, when, you know, when we're sort of acting like there's no problem at all, um, as, the, you know, so many in the current church are, you know, our likelihood of getting there fast is, is, is really remote. Um, so it's going to its trend line go in the wrong direction, and it will accelerate. That's not not a, a prognosis of hopelessness out in the future. It just means we got to look for new sources of light, and we, we've got to look for ways in which true heart, you know, repentance, um, go back down the path to come back on on the right on the right path, sort of stuff. Um, you know real real new light being generated from sources that are surprising sources not the old sources that have let us down um, and mm-hmm. I can I can I can I can name a lot of names in that regard um, not today not today but, I, but some <laughs> other day we'll do that um, and perfectly happy to and that's why we launched Christians Against Trumpism um, which uh, is is our most recent project not related to American Awakening Wait, American Awakening doesn't take a, a you know political public square position but I just decided look I, I've 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 watched for too long as is um, the, the really good leaders, they're silent because they feel like they'll lose their you know financial underwriting or, or they'll divide their people if they take a stand. Oh, they know what the right stand is. I've talked to so many of them, I can't even tell you. Mm. They know what the right stand is, uh, but they feel obliged to not take it publicly. Um, and then the, ba- the, the bad leaders, um, and they're not bad human beings, You know, we're all children of God, made in the image of God, uh, but people that have been overtaken by the spiritual darkness, take these stands against what is right and true and lead, um, you know, the poor folks, um, their followers, the lay people of the church who, who don't know better, you know, one might argue because they, they trust their leadership. Um, and, um, you know, it's got to change. I don't, I, I don't know how to say it say it any other way. Uh, um, you know, there, I, again, no predictive quality about how, how it's going to change and when, but it's got to
0: change. What's the response been from Christians against Trumpism? How have you seen have you seen people react to that as it's as it's rolled out?
1: Oh, the 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 the, the gratitude we see is is off the charts um, because mm. um, so many people are saying, finally, somebody's putting a name to this. Um, you know, and it's 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 shocking, um, but not surprising at the same time. I'll say that that five years into the rise of Trumpism. By the way, by the way, when I, when I for for your audience to say Trumpism isn't the political figure of Trump as Trump. I mean, you know, you you can make your own choices on conscience as to whether you vote for the president or not. I'm a, so so that's that's between you and, and God and your conscience. But what I do know, um, you know, constellation of factors, But what I do know is that day over day the 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 lies the destruction of american institutions american ideals which is has then infected. I mean, so many of our our spiritual leaders are now acting the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's shocking to see what 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 you know our political leaders and, and spiritual leaders are think are acceptable now in the era of Trumpism because things that that were were once you know reasonable norms are now violated, now are run roughshod over. So so the point of of against Trumpism, just to be clear, um, it's maybe subtle for some, but but it's important for us. Is that we're we're against the the whole wholesale embrace by the church or so much, so many church leaders of the whole thing. I mean, you get, you, okay, fair enough. You get to vote for somebody, but stand against him every single day when he goes wrong, because, because that, I mean, and if you don't, then it will infect the culture. It will undermine our witness. It, it will, it will, it will destroy our ability to speak to the gospel and show a sacrificial Christianity out there. If you don't.
0: I guess my, my follow-up to that would be, you know, one way or another, whether it's in whether it's in you know January of this year or or January of you know twenty twenty five, you know at some point he leaves the office. Do you see that changing some of the Trumpism dynamics?
1: Sadly, I don't. I mean, I mean again, God can change things in a heartbeat. So we, we're all you know in the, in the we're we're all bad in the predicting the future business. It's um, just one of those things. Um, so so anything's possible. But but at current course and speed, the way things are going. Um when, when whenever the term ends, be it um, you know, in, in January of this year or later, it is so infected, um, Republican culture, conservative culture, and Christian culture that the Trumpism and the, the the Tucker Carlson-ness of it all, and the Eric Metaxas-ness of it all and the and the Sean Hannity-ness of it all and the and the John MacArthur-ness of it all, um, it, you know it, it, yeah, all right maybe i did name some names there um, but <laughs> but 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 you know but but it, it's so it's so infected um all the institutions and you know the institutions and the the media and the church that it you know right now the the cur- at this moment the current um favorite um you know 2024 presidential candidate for the republican party most recent polling is donald trump junior um and you know, between between all the Tucker Carlson and Donald Trump Jr. and all these influences, it, it's not going to the genie's not going to get put back in the bottle quickly. And so, so we launched Christians Against Trumpism just recently. Now for this election cycle, um, we launched it as a statement of commitment against a certain form of spiritual darkness, which has been pervasive for a long time, and it won't won't lift quickly. And unless you start naming it and standing against it, uh, you know the chances chances of it going away are, are light. And it is it it is it is it is again. I, I sorry to belabor words here, but it is spiritual darkness. Yeah, it's, right. it's it's, some, it's something where, where I don't think bad. I think otherwise bad people have are just been led down a path where they think you know black is white and white is black. Truth is untruth. The sky is not blue. Um, you know, you know the, the 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 grass isn't green. You know just everything. All the principles have, have been turned upside down. And um and, and all these people, you know, this is this is again, it's one of those things. Um, all these, there are a lot of good people. I mean, they're good human beings. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, you know, I just want it, to. This is this isn't all all sort of. This isn't all hostility and negativity. It's not just naming what is right and true. I mean, my my, my, my mom, it, it, you know, believes in all of these of these things, and yeah. and and I love my mom. And my mom's a good person. And my mom's a good person. Um, But but it's a spiritual darkness, right? Um, It's a spiritual darkness which does not see what is actually happening. um, And and the... um, very, very passionate and committed Christian, she does not see the inherent inconsistency of every one of our Christian principles to -hmm. what's happening right now. So, so, so again, again, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to say people, you know, I just want to be clear if this makes it through the edit to your, to your listeners and I'm not trying to say everybody's bad, everybody's bad in in all of this. It's just that, um, some, somehow our spiritual adversary has in some sort of Orwellian or Scrutapian way turned everything upside down.
0: Well, what do you see, as the way forward. So, if 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 that's where if that's where what used to be, you know, what used to fly under the banner of conservatism is now sort of this Trumpist, populist, nationalist thing. What's the way forward?
1: well the disruptive innovation uh always happens um, wh- wh- you know in in ways that are unexpected right um, so um, you know in the in the in the in the, in the, uh, in the era of disk drives i mean uh, you know i don't know if you're old enough to even remember them but but uh, do you do you remember disk drives? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, I mean, there was a time in which we thought that was the efficient way to store things as best. We couldn't have imagined that we'd, we'd stream things, you know, in, instantaneously to each other and didn't need to hold everything, you know, like in our own spot. I, my, 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 I admit that may be a bad example, it may be a good example. I don't know. The po- the, the point is it comes from suppli- surprising places. Very few see it coming. I don't know where it's gonna come from, but all I know is, um, consistent with the rest of the storytelling I've been doing here, um, which is talking about a, about a, a life that, that's not sure, not sure where it's going always, but confident about what you're doing in the moment. What I know right now is if people don't stand up and say what's right, then we'll never Ever get there, right? And, and Christian leadership that that sort of continues to try to fly under the radar screen and just hope the spiritual darkness will pass. Well, you know what? That's a recipe for a spiritual darkness not passing. Um, is if you can't actually name it and stand against it. And, and so. Um, how does it change? I don't know how it changes. Um, but I know that eventually it will change. And when I say eventually, um, I don't mean 2020. I don't mean 2021. I may not even mean 2025. It may take a decade. Um, but, the, but the future will be different than the recent past and the current. Um, and we, we, we will find a new, a new Archimedean point for, uh, on which to stand on these subjects. I'm confident of that. How we're going to get there, I do not know. Now first he sings, and then he goes it means It's hard to know.
0: You can learn more about John's work at americanawakening.us and at christiansagainsttrumpism.com. You'll find links to both of those in our show notes. Cultivated is a production of Christianity Today. If you like the show, make sure and subscribe. And if you can, leave us a rating or review wherever you're listening. This episode was produced and edited by me. Our theme song is by Roman Candle, and our music is by Dan Phelps. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.